0: They said, these are our people. Meaning our people, what are they doing? They have taken Mindunihi Besides Him, meaning besides Allah, آلِهَةً Multiple gods. What are our people doing? They have taken multiple gods whom they worship. لَوْلَى Why not tuna, They come, meaning our people, why don't they bring alayhim upon them? Upon who? Their gods. The false gods. Why don't they bring for their worship bisultanim bayin, With some clear evidence, with some clear authority. Meaning, what proof do they have that these idols are God or all of these multiple beings that they worship are, are in reality God? Why don't they bring a solid proof? And since they don't have a solid proof, then they're not right in what they're saying, in what they're doing. Faman أَظْلَمُ Then who is more unfair? Mimman than the one who iftara ala Allahi Who is more unfair than the one who fabricates about Allah a lie? In other words, these men said that our people are fabricating lies about Allah. What lies? That Allah has partners. That there are multiple gods. Now why did they say this amongst themselves? For the purpose of reconfirming their belief. All right, to assure one another that what they believe is not false. It is true. And what their nation is upon is indeed false. Because when you're adopting something new, you better have some firm ground beneath that. And likewise, when you're leaving something that you were upon or that everybody is doing, again, you better have a good reason for that. If you don't have a good reason for it, then what will you do? Switch back and forth. Whatever is easy, that's what you will do so they're discussing amongst themselves in order to reconfirm their faith wa and when muhum, they said to each other these youths that when you have withdrawn from them from who from your people the word irtazala ain lam what does it mean to separate oneself to move away so they say that when you separate yourself from who from whom them who does them refer to when you separate yourself from them, think logically. These guys are talking amongst themselves and they're saying, when you separate yourself from them, the nation, the people, the rest of the society. They say, when you separate yourself from them, when you have withdrawn from them, وَمَا يَعْبُدُونَ And that which they worship, illallah, Except Allah. Meaning you leave them and you also leave their gods. Then where should you go? Because you see, when you leave something, then you need to do something else, correct? Because you can't be empty-handed. You can't be in nowhere. You leave something and you adopt something. So they said, when you leave these people and their gods, then fa'u, then retreat. Fa'u Hamza Wauya. In Surah Yusuf, we learned awa ilayhi aqahu ma'wa. What does it mean? Literally, to take shelter. So retreat, meaning take shelter in, find shelter in Al Kafi, il al Kafi, the cave. Meaning go to the cave and take shelter over there. As if they're planning. You know, they decided from before. That cave, that particular cave, will meet there. We'll go there. Everybody goes there. They made a plan. Fa'u ila al Kaf. They said when you go to the cave, what will happen? Your Lord will spread for you. Yanshur Noon Shin Ra is to unfold a book. You know, for example, a book is closed and you open it. So what was closed, what was hidden, is now spread open, right? And from this, the word نشر is also used for spreading, scattering. Like for example, rain falls and it spreads everywhere, right? As it falls from the sky, it reaches the entire, you know, area. So this is Nashara. On your house there is rain, in your backyard there is rain, in your front yard there is rain, on the street there is rain, right? Nashara Spread everywhere. So they said, when you go to the cave, then what will happen? Your Lord will spread for you مِنْ rahmatihi from His mercy. He will spread His mercy for you. Wa you lakum and he will prepare for you. Minamrikum regarding your affair, meaning the situation that you're in. He will create for you mirfaq ease, gentleness. Mirfaq from Rafaqaf, Rifq. Rifq means to be gentle. And when someone is gentle, then it's easy to deal with them. Right? And when something is gentle as in soft, it's easy to work with it. So mirfaq meaning gentleness. Or mirfaq can also be understood as a tool through which ease is obtained. Meaning He will create circumstances for you that will create ease for you, that will bring ease for you. Now think about it. Just imagine, these are young guys. And young people, yes, they're very strong-willed, but at the same time, they can get easily pressured by peer pressure. Right? Right? And even if they know they're supposed to do something, they don't do it. Why? Because their friends are doing something else. They like to be like everybody else. But look at the confidence of these men. That how they say, leave what your people are doing, go to the cave, and yes, it's going to be scary, it's a very daunting task. Yes, you're leaving everybody, you're leaving everything. However, expect good from Allah. Allah will make matters easy for you. Because you know what? Following the deen becomes difficult. It is difficult. However, the one who keeps striving, then Allah definitely makes things easier for him. You just heard about the story of Bilal رضي That how there was a time he was tortured in Mecca. He was persecuted. Did he give up? No, he remained firm. And then what happened? Did Allah create ease for him? Yes. He migrated to Medina. And then there was so much ease for him. So, يَنْجُرْ لَكُمْ رَبُّكُمْ مِنْ wa وَيُهَيِّئْ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَمْرِكُمْ مِرْفَقًا But when does this ease come? When will this ease come? When you will leave and go to the cave. When you will take a step. Because when a person leaves something for the sake of Allah, then Allah will replace it for him, with something that is better. And this is, you can say, a universal law. You cannot get something better unless you give up what you have. You cannot get something better unless you leave what you have, what you are upon. So for example, if you want to, you know, for instance, improve your physical health, then do you have to make some adjustments to your lifestyle? Your sleep pattern, your eating habits, workout, exercise. Do you have to make any changes to that? Yes, you do. Many times you have to give up your favorite foods. Isn't it? Why? In order to be more physically fit. It's a huge, it's a big change, it's a big sacrifice. You have to leave something that's very dear to you. You know, imagine someone who loves their chocolate or who loves their sugar in their tea or sugar in their coffee or who loves their soda. But then what happens? They want to become physically more fit. What is one of the first things that they have to give up? Sugar. Is it an easy change? No. But only when they will give that up will they get something better. So remember, whenever you have to leave something for the sake of Allah, you're not actually losing. You're gaining something that is better. You're gaining something that is better. Because if you keep holding on to what you have that is cheap, that is of little value, your hands are full, your heart is full, it's already occupied. When you will get rid of what's filling you, only then you can get something better. Which is why the person who sacrifices his dunya, then Allah will give him what is better. And what is that? Akhirah. And not just there, even in this world, Allah will give him what is far better than what he has left. وَيُهَيِّئْ لَكُمْ min أَمْرِكُمْ mirfaqa. Ibrahim a.s. He had to leave his home for the sake of Allah. He had to leave his family also. But what happened? Did Allah leave him empty handed? No. Allah gave him a better family. Allah gave him a better place. There are so many examples of this. The Prophet ﷺ, he was in Mecca. He had to leave Mecca. The city where he was born, the city where he was raised, the city that has the house of Allah. He had to leave that. He had to do hijrah. He went to Medina. Did he find something over there? Of course. He found such supporters, the likes of which can never be found in human history. Ansar. Then Allah gave him Victory. Victory over Makkah, did not come by staying in Makkah. The Prophet ﷺ had to leave Makkah, go to Medina, then the victory came. So don't be afraid to leave what you have for the sake of Allah. And whenever you're giving something up for Allah's sake, then always, always expect good. Always hope for what is better from Allah. Because what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? I am as my servant, thinks I am. Look at these men. Are they expecting something better from Allah? Are they? Do you see hope in their words? Where? Where do you see hope? يَنْشُرْ لَكُمْ رَبُّكُمْ مِنْ رَحْمَتِهِ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَمْرِكُمْ مِرْفَقًا Allah will make things easy for you. Don't worry. Yes, it's tough. But it'll get easier. Also we see over here that these men... They chose to leave. If you think about it, why didn't they fight with the rest of the people? Why didn't they just grab a bunch of knives and go and kill everybody? Wouldn't that be more satisfying? Answer me. Why didn't they do that? There were seven of them, guys, strong-willed. I'm sure they were strong in their body also. One of them, at least they could have come up with a plan to go and kill the king maybe. Won't that be good? Kill a kafir? You know, like just slit his throat or something? Why didn't they do that? Yes. They wouldn't gain anything from it. You see, when you are a minority, when you're doing something different from the rest of the people, you have two options. And two options when there's a rift, meaning... When what you're doing is not acceptable to the people, then you have two options over there. One option is that you fight, you become violent. All right? But that is only beneficial if you have the strength. Right? Like, for example, the Muslims were in Mecca. Umar radiallahu anhu, was he not strong willed? Was he not strong willed? Was he not powerful? Hamza رضي anhu. Was he not powerful? Yes, he was. If they wanted, both of them, could they not have easily gone to Abu Jahal and finish him? They could have done that, right? But what were the Muslims told in Makkah repeatedly? No fighting. No fighting. Hold back your hands. Wait. And then what happened? When they moved to Medina, when they increased in their number, when they increased in their strength, then what happened? The command to fight came. Right? So what does it show to us? That when you are few, then becoming violent, or clashing with the people, this is not going to create ease, it's going to cause further problems. Now this is at a big scale. Let's come down to our level. Sometimes it happens at home, you have an issue over some religious matter with your family. Alright? Like for example, you don't want to take a loan that is haram, but your parents are forcing you. Your parents are telling you every day, you have to, you have to, I'm not giving you an option, you must. And you say, mom, how can you tell me to do something haram? And You know, you're fighting with them, constantly fighting with them, constantly arguing with them is that going to worsen the situation or is it going to solve it what is it going to do it's going to worsen the situation right it's going to create further problems like what your dad will say that's it you're not going to alhuda you go to this alhuda and you get brainwashed i've had enough of this no more studying quran and all these halakat you go to khalas finished focus on your studies And you must do that and obey your parents. Did that argument bring a greater good or greater harm? Greater harm, right? Now, the other option is that you listen to them. Now, if you listen to them, that's also a problem. How can you listen to them? Because if somebody is telling you to do something wrong, you cannot listen to them. How can you? You're agreeing to go to the fire just because somebody is telling you to do something. So then what's the third option? What do you do? What these guys did? Avoidance. I'm not saying run away from home. Okay? Avoid the conflict. Avoid that discussion. You know, every time that topic is brought up, you change the subject. You say, yeah, inshallah, I will go to school. Just a few months, I need a break. Inshallah, I'm going to work and you know save some money. Come up with a plan. But every time the argument becomes heated up, it's creating a rift, avoid. Avoid. And this is something very, very important. A very important skill that women must have. You know that? Because sometimes it happens that, for example, a woman gets married and her husband says, you know this uh, hijab of yours? I don't really like it. Or he says, you know this Quran class that you've been going to? I think you've done enough of that then what should you do? Don't dwell on these issues. Just laugh it away. You know, change the topic. You know, for instance, there is this friend of mine and she was saying that how when she got married and she moved to the States and they were living in a place where there were no Muslims even. right? And she would cover her face. And her husband would say to her, don't cover your face. Don't do that. Take it off. Take it off. Take it off. Constantly he would say that. So she would say that every time he would say, I would just make a joke or, you know, say something funny or just distract him with something else and say, forget about it, just look at this. You know, let's go here, let's go do this. Change the topic. Get over it. What happens is that when somebody tells us something that we don't like, we say, how dare you? Who are you to tell me? I'm not your child. I'm an adult. I can make my own decisions. And the other person, they have ego issues. Right, And they say, how dare you say something like this to me? And there, a fight broke out. So there are some things that you know you can discuss, and hopefully you will come to a resolution. But there are other things where you see the other person is not ready to even accept what you're doing. So they need time to accept you. They need time to accept your decision. So just wait, wait. Don't we learn in the Qur'an, the Prophet is told, keep waiting. Kafirin, amhilhum Give them time, give them time. Because every time you bring this up, the other person is going to get agitated. For instance, your brother doesn't pray. And you want him to pray. It's zuhr time. And he's not praying, he's watching TV. And you say, Why are you watching TV? You should be praying right now. Is he going to pray? He's going to say, go away. Don't talk to me. And then you're going to say something, he's going to ignore you completely. Give time. Give time. Be easy and Allah will create ease. And when there is a conflict, some matters you can resolve through communication, whatever. And other matters, there is no solution. Then what's the best option? Avoid. Avoid talking about it. Avoid discussing it. Avoid confrontation. Avoid conflict. And this is basically hijrah avoidance, avoidance policy. This doesn't mean that everything we begin to avoid talking about it, avoid dealing with it. No, there's some things where avoidance is necessary. So we see that these men, they silently left, avoiding any clash, any conflict. They gave up their rights, hoping that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help them. And did Allah help them? Of course He did. وَتَرَى And you would see the sun. Meaning if you were there, when these men were sleeping in the cave, you would see the sun, ida talaat, when it rose, طلوع, معين, to rise. So when the sun would rise, tazawaru, it would, tazawaru it would incline away from their cave. Now, this word tazawaru is from the root letter zayya from the word زِيَارَة. And زِيَارَة, what does it mean? To visit. Alright? and literally the word ziyarah means to bend your chest because you know when people visit each other when they meet each other they come forward they embrace each other or they you know shake each other's hand so in that there is a little bit of you know bending forward i'm not saying sujood. all right this is just slightly bending forward in order to meet someone now tazawur is to meet one another but tazawur an what do you think tazawur an means To turn away. To turn away. To not meet. To not touch. So the sun as it would rise, it would incline away, I'm kahfihim, from their cave, that al-yamin, towards the right. Meaning the sun would rise from their right side, and as it would rise, no direct sunlight would fall on the cave, or would come on these guys when they were sleeping. غربت, and when the sun would set from غُرُوب, تَقْرِضُهُمْ It would cut them. تَقْرِضُ From قَرْض is to literally cut, to clip off. So it cut them meaning, you know when you're cutting something, you're cutting a side of it, right? So it shows like the sun would just touch them at the time of sunset. As the sun would be setting, there would be some sunlight that would fall on these men or on their cave. ذات Shimal on the left side of the cave. So what does it show? That the cave was facing south. Because the sun would rise from their right and it would set on their left. And at the time of sunrise, no direct sunlight would fall upon them. But at the time of sunset, direct sunlight would fall upon them. Why do you think this was the case? Imagine if the sun rose In front of them, or set in front of them, then what would happen? What would happen? They would wake up, right? So, this is how the cave was so perfect in their situation. Wahumfi, and they were in fajwati min, an opening in the cave. The word fajwa from fajimwa, an open space, a cavity. You know, like for example, you get a a whole chicken, a raw chicken, and then if you cut it up, if you look at it, it's, it's hollow from inside, right? That's the cavity all right it's an opening. So this is what Fajwa is. So it seems like the cave was spacious, it was airy, it wasn't tight, small in which they could barely fit. no it was airy, it was big and they were lying down comfortably, you know seven of them sleeping away this is from the signs of Allah. what is how these people left there, how these guys left their nation? how they came to this cave and how the sun rose from one side and set from the other and how you know the cave was facing the perfect direction and how it was airy all of this is from the signs of Allah man whoever allah guides فهو المهتدي then he is rightly guided wa and the one whom allah sends astray falan murshida then you shall never find for him a protector a guide A wali who is murshid, meaning someone who will guide them. Murshid is from rashin, dal. Rashad, Rashad, guidance. So murshid is the one who guides. So the one whom Allah lets to go astray, you can never find a protecting guide for him. So what do we learn in this ayah? That how when a person takes one step in the way of Allah, Allah helps him in so many ways. This cave was ideal for them. Its size, its location, its mouth, the direction it was facing—everything was in their favor. Why? Why? Because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala decided that. Remember that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is the one who has given us certain commands to follow. Right? It says amr shari, and they are good for us, even if they seem difficult. And at the same time, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, who decides our amr, kauni. That what should happen in our life? How the situation that we're in? So the fact that the cave was like this, it was the decision of Allah. This was Allah's help. So the one whom Allah guides, whom Allah directs, whom Allah helps, then he is guided. And a person who's abandoned by Allah, then who will protect him? Who will guide him? Let's listen to the recitation of these verses.
1: وَمَنْ are فَلَنْ تَجِدَ لَهُ وَلِيًّا مبشدا